Hello and welcome to another roundhouse kick to the ears in a new episode of For Your Reconsideration, the film podcast that combines brain, brawn, and love, a little bit like our favorite action hero from Brussels. I'm Rob and here is James. Hello. I'm not Rob, I'm Van Damme. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, you don't sound like Rob. No, 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 no. Absolute rubbish. James, how are you, man? I'm very well, thank you. Yourself? Very good. We're, we're, we're a man down. Uh, we are. In the, uh, yeah, it's a harrowing depression. We pour, uh, you mentioned about pouring a 40 out for size. Absolutely. Um, That's why I'm a little bit late this evening. I would have been here sooner, but I had to pay my respects. <laughs> were you on your back step pouring it yeah. out into the... <laughs> Listening to Bone Thugs and Harmony. <laughs> Oh, bang my head on the shelf behind me, enjoying your, your banter. Sai, sadly, is not with us tonight. He's not um, dead, we that, must stress that. <laughs> he's not dead, I know, yeah. I do, when you say someone is no longer with us, that doesn't come across well. Um, no, he uh, he has some, uh, well, his, his uh, day job overlords have pulled him into the breach, but we have a super sub on our hands. Um, we've got... Uh, well, it's only the host of the Really 007 podcast, Mr. Tom Pickup. Tom, how are you? I'm very well, and I'm, I've got to say I'm honoured as a, as a super fan to be to be given the chance to air my thoughts <laughs> on another weird, wonderful film. Oh, wonderful. Oh, wonderful. excellent, excellent. This is a, a particular treat um, because Tom is one of my uh, oldest and dearest friends. Uh, we met age 11 in high school. James, myself and Tom uh, have been friends for a long time now. So this, uh, yeah, this is great to be together. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the, the traditional question, Tom, as a listener, you'll know uh, exactly where we are here. But we always start off with what have you been watching this week? So, fellas, what have you been uh, tuning into? Okay, so uh, this week I have been watching what I believe will be the front runner for next year's Best Picture Oscar, and that is the magnum opus that is Bad Boys for Life. Whoa! <laughs> Was not expecting that, James. Uh, so this is a fun continuation of the 90s Buddy Cop series, and I can reliably inform you both that Will Smith's Mike Lowry remains a complete and utter psycho who is way more dangerous than the criminals he's pursuing. Yes, yes. <laughs> also in this movie, incredible highlight, uh, Joey Pants uh, gives one of the best speeches of the year, so it's between him and Delroy Lindo for best supporting actor. <laughs> Super. Oh, it's great. It's great. The film is tons of fun. The only real own goal is the title. Save it for the fourth one. It's right there. Bad Boys for Life. I mean... Oh, yes. Come on, Jerry. He's had an absolute shocker there. But <laughs> other than that, it's a good, fun movie. Was it all right? Like, you know, I, I'm wary of it. Yeah, yeah, I liked it. Yeah. I have to be honest, I absolutely love the first two, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I've got... Um, I love the Bayhem, particularly of uh, Bad Boys 2. Bad Boys 1 is genuinely very good, I think. Yeah. I've not seen it for a long time. I don't know how well it holds up. Uh, but the guys that they got in to uh, direct this are a directing uh, partnership called Adil and Bilal. And they do sort of like a Michael Bay impersonation, but a bit slicker in terms of there isn't like... They sort of rein in a lot of his ostentatious bombast. Oh, right. So it looks like Bay, but it's not as mental, essentially. <laughs> so are we talking like in Bad Boys 2, you'd have the mega car fights, but you wouldn't have the rats having sex? <laughs> okay. uh, there might be a rat in this one, actually. I can't quite remember. Oh, no. It's not a, yeah, yeah. Do you remember that scene in the attic? Yeah, yeah. It's an absolute <laughs> yeah, disgrace. Superb. <laughs> superb. <laughs> <laughs> 
highbrow content. That really is. <laughs> so yeah, that's bad boys for life. Nice, uh, Tom. What have you been watching this week? Well, I've got a highbrow answer and a lowbrow answer. So I'll, I'll start with Can the highbrow. I think. Get rid of the highbrow one. Yeah. Don't yeah. want that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, Ad Astra. I don't know whether you've seen that. Uh, saw it at the cinema and was absolutely blown away. Uh, and then I watched it again with my wife and blown away again. And to be honest, I was a bit worried because you know the visuals you really benefit from that and the sound on the on the big screen. But it still translated, and I I, I can't believe it was ignored at the Oscars pretty much. And you know Brad won his Oscar for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but he could have easily won it for this, I think. Ooh. Yeah, he's really good. It's a really good movie. I enjoyed it a lot. That's that's three glowing. Like, that's Cy James and you now, Tom, who've all said in recent episodes, this movie's ace. We've got, you've got to see it. Yeah, the score's super. Max Richter, uh, Tommy Lee Jones, again, I don't think he should have been nominated for his performance. It's just superbly directed. And um, yeah, because it's the, the guy who did The Lost City of Z. Yeah. Which... Apart from Charlie Humdrums, was a pretty, pretty <laughs> superb film. Really. Charlie Humdrums. <laughs> no, he's not that, but he's in quite a lot of good films, though, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's great in Sons of Anarchy. We we have a we've had a bit of a dig at Charlie on this pod before. Not to his face; he's massive and he'd kill all. Yeah, of us, don't but, mess um... with him. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, even I'm... with dreadlocks. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, when you said the Lost City of Z, I've never never seen or heard of it. So I thought like. Not Zinch. So I'd missed the spin-off of one of my favourite, you know, properties. Um, what? So if that's your highbrow, what is your lowbrow? The lowbrow I've literally just finished watching it is uh, the Glimmer Man. <laughs> oh, what a whoa! Lowbrow. I haven't seen it before. Oh. And I mean, it is, it's pure for your reconsideration fodder. It is definitely. <laughs> it didn't do well and it was critically mauled and it's quite funny. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like uh, listed, yeah. I recorded it off TV and they listed it as Stephen Seagal's The Glimmer Man. Great. <laughs> as if, like, you may not have heard of The Glimmer Man, but oh, if you put Stephen Seagal in front of it, oh, oh come on, we want that. <laughs> <laughs> Ace. Set your VCRs. Yeah, it's just like every other film, really. It's, it's class. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Except um, Keenan Ivory Wayans is brilliant, isn't it? Yeah. Well, you know, he's he's quite funny. <laughs> I, I can't, because I can't remember it. Uh, I'd never seen it before, and I, I had it in my head that it was Damon uh, Wayans, but yeah, it was Keenan Ivory doing a yeah, decent attempt at a buddy buddy flick, wasn't it? But Yeah. Yeah, but some uh, some very, very funny moments in it. Ryan Cox doing a very, very weird performance as, as a sort of villain. <laughs> he, he gets like the obligatory bad bad guy swimming, swimming pool scene, doesn't he? You know, floating on the... Yeah. Yeah, I love it. That's two Seagal movies in recent memory that have that. And then he says to the, the other bad guy, do you want to come in? Don't really know what... It wasn't really followed up, so I don't know what happened then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lovely stuff, lovely. Uh, Glimmerman, mate, you know, it's in my sort of, you know, once we've gone through the golden era, <laughs> it's in my, you know, wheelhouse, so to speak. For myself, uh, been away with the children, so we did watch quite a few movies. So I'll just blast through those, but then I'll talk about the real kicker. Ghostbusters 1, all three Back to the Futures. Wow. Toy Story 4. But the big shocker that really stuck with me was um, Harry and the Hendersons with John Lithgow. <laughs> yeah. Rick Baker's effects work is absolutely amazing, and it's a Bigfoot, so quids in, 
Happy Days Rob. Yep. Were the kids not scared of that? Uh, no, there was a hint of... No, because he, he's... Uh, I mean, I've not seen it in years and years, but he's... I'm he's, scared of him. <laughs> <laughs> he's dead dopey and happy. But the lovely link is that uh, in the suit is Kevin Peter Hall, uh, a Predator fan. Oh, uh, lovely. Very crisp and cosy. Yeah, very crisp. Uh, but no, it's it's um, yeah, it was fun. I mean, you know, yeah, it's it's of a time. That's the best way again to describe it. But the the other thing was that really hit me was how good is the end of Back to the Future Two when they weave everything together, you know, and show new angles on those scenes that we love so much from the end of Back to the Future One. Something to behold that whole thing. Yeah, I do like that second timeline when he goes back to the nineteen fifty four. So good. It's it's excellent, isn't it? Yeah. And and the. The, the sort of like the the thought process that must have gone into pulling it off is out there. Yeah, it's unbelievable. It was like four years later, wasn't it? As well, and yeah, yeah, you know, all yeah. the actors were where it looked exactly the same and every almost shot for shot, but then different shots of the same action. It was so difficult to do that with it happening yeah, in the background as well. You know, they were pulling focus yeah. from nineteen. Well, 1989 to 1985, you know, like in terms of the times that the films were made, it was absolutely bonkers. Anyway, now I think we've we've um, done ourselves proud with a good list this week, fellas. Wonderbar. As we were looking into tonight's movie, which was my selection. Really? <laughs> James, you thought... <laughs> James, you came across a, a question, didn't you? Yeah, so I was looking at this and... Unbelievably, tonight's film is 25 years old, which seems absolutely ridiculous. And it got me to thinking that soon all of our favourite 90s properties, the remake wagons are going to be circling around those those properties. So I thought, let's get in there first. So my question for you guys is, which 90s action movie would you like to remake? Who will star and who have you got shortlisted to direct? Please show your working. (laughs) Ooh. This is this is hard because the nineties for me exists in a pocket that I don't want to touch. Really. No, no. For the purposes of this question, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. This is sorry, Rob, you know, lose the existentialism. Uh, yeah, I think I think I could I can have a go at it on the basis that I'd like to see a different take on certain movies. So yes. Mm-hmm. Um or I'd like to see them improve. But do I want to see a retread of face off? No, I do not. Do not touch that, please. Um Tom, what about you? Have you uh, anything yeah. really sort of spring to mind? Uh, well, I, I was thinking about this, and I agree that there's no point remaking them because the, the ones they have done, uh, certainly Total Recall is decent, Robocop is decent, but there's no real point redoing them, is there, for me? No. Um, Lethal Weapon, they, they turned into a decent uh, TV show. I thought that was pretty good. Oh, I didn't see that. I didn't even yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. In fact, that had, that had Marlon Wines in, of course. So uh, the link there. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think... <laughs> I thought one that was a bit overlooked, obscure, and had a pretty interesting uh, sort of idea behind it, but maybe wasn't pulled off as good as it should have been, is uh, Lawnmower Man. Ooh! Uh, I know it's more sci-fi than action, maybe. But That's fine, mate. There's no rules here. There's no rules here. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think you know, Pierce Brosnan it had, obviously. And if, you, if you gave it to someone like Denis Villeneuve, I mean, goodness me, I'm... I'm sure they make it a bit more. Uh, Sheesh! Yeah, what a, what a, makes like, a bit more out of it. Oh, fantasy director! That's incredible. Talk about elevating the material. My other idea was uh, American Ninja. 
because it was the worst film I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> who, who, would you, who would you have in American Ninja? Well, you could have a 70-year-old Steven Seagal, couldn't you? Oh, you could, yes, you could. <laughs> go, go from there. J- Jerry Action. <laughs> You'd have to call it Russian Ninja, though. Yes. Yeah, he's gone all Russian again, hasn't he, now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's... Um, <laughs> I, I, you know, for fans of the golden era, this is a sadness to us all. But yeah, just, there's always the main man, there's the main man from Belgium to rely upon. Don't you? Is there? Uh, James, what? Well, no. It, this was your question, James, wasn't it? So I'll, if I could throw in it a couple is. of, I would like a goddamn answer, please. <laughs> <laughs> oh, from yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um, I, I right. I really liked. It's not. Yeah. Again, it's not action really but i really liked um the premise of the relic movie by peter hyams tonight's director um Ooh, yeah with um tom sizemore there's so much about it i liked but i'm afraid tom sizemore as a lead didn't do it for me and also it, there was some absolutely shocking cgi at the end of that film that absolutely shredded it but the whole haunted museum thing or set kind of pseudo haunted museum i'd love to see that another go um again other things that have come to mind um not Stop or My Mom Will Shoot, but Stop or My Mum Will Shoot, uh, starring Helen Mirren and Jason Statham. I think could be quite good. Oh, brilliant. Uh, Super brilliant. brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd, I would like to see Starship Troopers with a like a, a real actor in the main role. That's no disrespect to Casper Van Dien, although it sounds like massive disrespect. It's quite disrespectful. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Come on, I was at a... He's had a stellar career since then. Can't have a go at him. I'm not, I'm not having a go at him, but sorry, I'd, love a, I'd love a remake um, on that. I did think about I'd like a double impact sequel, but I don't. I just want... Uh, sorry, double impact remake. I just I just want a sequel. Yeah. That's all. I want to know what Chad and Alex are doing now. Triple impact with a with a triplet. Triple impact. Yeah, triplet was found. <laughs> You're going to parents! Um, just, um, yeah, baby's day out with a different baby is all I was thinking. <laughs> That is an action film, to be fair. It is. It's wall-to-wall action. Um, But what about you, James? Well, before I go into mine, um, as we've said, Simon, unfortunately, can't be with us in person tonight, but he is here with us in spirit. And what Simon wants to put forward, and he really wanted to have a go at this, uh, so his choice would be to remake the 1995 video game adaptation of Mortal Kombat, but directed by The Raid's Gareth Evans. Which, I was going to say that. That's I'm all, I'm all for that, as long as the incredible techno theme tune plays for the duration yes. of the film, like over all the dialogue, <laughs> over every fight scene, over every tender moment. Mortal Kombat! <laughs> Sonya Blade is dead! It's a great shout. I love it. That's a great shout, Si. Would you still have Christophe Lambert in it? Yeah, definitely. It's really yes, I was fuming when they swapped him out for the sequel, thinking we wouldn't notice. Yeah, I know. as well. <laughs> now, oh, was that Mortal Kombat Annihilation? I've never seen the sequel. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, I saw that in that. cinema. Did you? And uh, my, me and my friend who went at the time, we went. That's not the Highlander. Like as soon as Raven came <laughs> on the state uh, on the screen. <laughs> You know, savvy sin illiterate. That's a, a lovely word I learned last week on Lone Ranger. Sin illiterate. I like that. <laughs> Even at that age, James, you were sin illiterate. I was trash literate, let's put it that way. 
<laughs> I think, does anyone else think Christopher Lambert looks quite a lot like Thomas Jane? Yes, yes he does, yeah. He, he does. can play his dad. Yeah. yeah. So we could have, like, Raiden Jr. Not an origin story, though, for goodness sake. <laughs> no, no, we don't want any. No more of this, please. No more. <laughs> what have you got, James? Well, I feel like we're picking on Peter Hyams this week because I've also picked one of his movies to remake. But it's also a JCVD joint, and the film is Time Cop. Whoa. Right now, I like Time Cop, and it will probably crop up on this show in in the future Absolutely. at some point. But what I always felt with it was it was a great concept that perhaps, due to budgetary reasons, didn't quite fulfil its massive potential. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the film just sort of flipped between 2004 and 1994. I need to see some modern tech in the olden days mayhem. Mm. So. So that's what I'd want to do with a Time Cop reboot is sort of broaden it out and go a bit further back in time. Uh, but who am I casting? That's the main thing. <laughs> don't, don't, don't. Um, so the Come two on. leads are obviously <laughs> Walker, played by JCVD, and the villainous oh. Macomb, played by Ron Silver. So uh, to step into JCVD's beefcake shoes, I'm going for Dan Stevens Whoa! as the super intense mm. smoke show that is Walker. Uh, he might not be able to do a roundhouse like the big man from Brussels, but based on his work in the guest, he's got ass kicking down. So I think he'd be a good, uh, be a good lead. Uh, as for Macomb, well, I'm a total cliche, so it's got to be Mac Daddy Cage, uh, fully off the leash, oh. chewing scenery, and exploiting time trouble for his own selfish ends. Just let him swing for the fences. And then I even had a thought on directing. So I want a significant budget for this. I want like an $80 million time cop movie. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like the best movie never made, James, this. (laughs) And based on uh, his work on Upgrade and The Invisible Man, I'm selecting Lee Wanell to uh, direct this. I'm convinced that he's ready to step up to the big leagues and the big leagues is my $80 million time cop (laughs) movie. Oh, yes, James. No, I, I was sceptical at first because I can't bear JCVD having a property taken from him. But yeah. you've won me over. Yeah, yeah. It's that <laughs> smoke show, Dan Stevens. <laughs> can, can JCVD be in it as like maybe an older, just uh, maybe as an older time cop? Yeah, I think he could be the one who Ooh. like gives the... Um... Gives the time cop training at the start of the movie. Oh, he's like, he's like the time, time cop drill instructor. Yeah. Oh, could you imagine? You want to do the splits? Yeah, yeah. And then he he, he takes on like um, you know, rest in peace, uh, Wilford Brimley. He takes on like an Uncle Duvet uh, kind of role oh, as we yeah. move into the third act, where he's got to help out the uh, the new titular time cop. Oh yeah, I, I, it's right in itself. It's done. It is. It I'll is. be done this weekend. Screenwriter credit. Executive producer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, all of these, um, I know we don't own the rights to any of these properties, but they're all copyright of FYR Film Pod. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that's right. (laughs) Super stuff. That's actually, that kicked the nostalgias in gear just at the right time for starting a discussion about tonight's movie. Absolutely. Um, I can't work out whether to do the logline as Van Damme or myself. I've got no idea at this point. More Van Damme. Um, what does your heart tell you? <laughs> My heart is always for JCVD. There we um, go, then. Um, <laughs> Hit us with some Van Damme sweetness. A dishy fireman. No, it doesn't work, because dishy is too hard to say in his voice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I'm just going to go ahead in my voice, actually, here. Um 
A dishy fireman, fresh from tragedy, takes his bickering spawn to Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Ice Hockey Finals in Pittsburgh. Little do they know that it's not just on the ice where it's all on the line, as a terrorist squad comprising an impossibly craggy man, a combat-trained sports mascot, a Bob Dylan impersonator, <laughs> tried to extort some cash in the most convoluted and explosive way possible. Of course, this is the JCVD Die Hard at the Ice Hockey movie, Sudden Death. As we get ready for the seventh and final game of the Stanley Cup Finals, you can feel the electricity in the air, and there's no question, it just sends a chill up your spine, Paul. That's a fact, Mike. And to make things even more exciting, the Vice President of the United States is here this evening. Don't leave your seats. Doesn't look too good. 911 emergency services. I'm calling you from the Civic Arena. The vice president is being held hostage in the owner's box. And they've got my daughter too. What is your objective? One billion seven hundred million dollars. We're still evaluating the situation. They want money, a lot of it. Give it to them. Do not try any kind of rescue. Do you understand me? If you're not gonna pay, say so. I'll get my daughter. When the game ends, everyone in this box and in this arena will die by explosion, fire, and panic. Tonight, 17,000 hockey fans have been taken hostage. Enough bombs have been planted in this building to stop all the clocks in the hemisphere. But only one of them knows it. I'm gonna try to stop you. I know where the bombs are, so I know where you're going. Then come and get me. We are gonna do this by the numbers. What number was that? Now he has more to lose than anyone. I said no vehicles on the grounds, no helicopters in the air. What part of that did you not understand? Jean-Claude Van Damme. Powers Boost. I suppose, fellas, um, it's up to me to try and tell you why I chose this, isn't it? So I think we know why you chose it. <laughs> well, yeah, of course you know why. <laughs> it's JCVD, for a start, yep. and it's got sport, and I love both of those things. Um, but I also love the <laughs> fact that the movie takes place in one place, because for me, so many uh, movies that take place in like a, a congested space that's very finite and has got boundaries... Um, I really like. So initially off the top of my head, um, Die Hard's all in Nakatomi Plaza, Speed's all on the bus until it obviously at the beginning and denouement it goes elsewhere. Um, and well, now my mind's gone blank, but you know what I mean? <laughs> Air Force One, all on Air Force One. Thank you, mate. Under siege. Under siege. Under siege. Under siege yeah. There we go. There you go. Um, if you restrict the story to one place, you really condense the drama for me and boil it down to a really fine essence because nobody can get away from each other and there's no escape. There's a natural urgency that I think picks up a story and bullies it forward. So I always like that. And I like yeah. deadlines, not in real life, just in movies. I like it when there's something to, you know, well, something bad is going to happen big time unless the hero does something. 
and that's why I really like this one. And I also just wanted to bring Van Damme on the podcast again. Hope that's okay. Absolutely. He's always <laughs> welcome. He's... <laughs> oh, lovely. Tom, are you a JCVD uh, aficionado? Yeah, I feel fan? like... I've... How do you feel about the man? I feel like I've been brought up with him, not not through my older brothers uh, or, or my... my peers it's uh other than rob basically i think rob has been uh, <laughs> the the main man for getting me into him i think actually we we saw hard target sort of together much younger than we should have been that's when we were at school yes and our older friend chris showed us that and i think then we were pretty much hooked but i suppose i might have gone off on more the john woo vein and rob sort of gone off on the jcvd vein very very true um yeah, and the good thing with Van Damme is there's so much to go at with it. Yeah, yeah, there's always something to discuss. <laughs> <laughs> it is. So then, in which case, if we talk about sudden death, fellas, what's your relationship with this movie, uh, James? When you know, when did you come into contact with sudden death for the first time? Well, I messaged you earlier this week, and I must have just absorbed the trailer at the time or seen like clips of the film over the preceding years because I was convinced I'd seen this film. Uh, but I was watching it, and I was like, I have never seen this before. I would not forget oh. some of the moments that crop up in this movie. <laughs> so I believe this is my first watch. <laughs> so, but I was convinced that I'd seen it before, just because I think it's because it is that diehard in a hockey ring yeah. sort of take. You have seen a lot of it before. <laughs> I thought, right, well, I'm, I, I get what the premise is. It's called Sudden Death. I know the... It's going to go to overtime, obviously, as an ice hockey game. Spoilers, everyone. <laughs> but yeah, I was convinced I'd seen it before, but I hadn't. And uh, so imagine my delight as we made our way through and I really come to that realisation. <laughs> <laughs> you lucky man. Seriously, you lucky. Enjoying this for the first time, you lucky man. Uh, Tom, what about you? Have you? What's your relationship with Sudden Death? I'm a bit similar to James in that I've imagined I'd seen it in my head for all these years. And it, it's the most me premise, and it's got Jean Claude Van Damme, and you know the big the big action thriller. But I don't think I've I'd ever seen it until a couple of years ago. Maybe I recorded it off TV. But as I tend to do, I, I, sometimes I try to watch so many films. I'm watching it whilst working at home and doing other things, and I'm not joking. I, I really could barely remember any of it until, <laughs> until I watched it again uh, this last this last few days. Um, but yeah. I feel bad for for not having sort of had it in my uh, education of Jean Claude Van Damme before. I really do. <laughs> well, in which case, I mean, this is great because I, I, you know, I have to be honest. My relationship with this one isn't very strong either. It's just I'm dead aware of it. This is uh, for me. I always thought this was the most Hollywood of the Van Damme movies. Yes, absolutely. Um, in its polish and delivery, whereas I quite liked it when he went and did all mad stuff. So I didn't give this one too much airtime when either when it first came out or later on. So I only re- I've only really watched this maybe three times, I think. But it's memorable for a number of reasons, which we will get to. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, and of course, it's the main, the main man. I mean, it's a vital document as a parenting guide, I think. <laughs> it really is. Yes, it is. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> I'll be making some changes in my house. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I when, when we talked about this, because we were originally going to do Death Sentence, uh, the James Wan movie, oh, wow. uh, starring Kevin Bacon, but it is the hardest film to get hold of anywhere. Yeah, you can't rent it anywhere. It's inexplicably out of circulation. So the only way to get hold of it was like charity shop DVD or 
or on eBay or things like that. And we we want to make it a bit easier for you, uh, for our listeners. So you can rent this off all the major rental services and just watch it in your home. So we will come to Death Sentence because I think that's a worthy one for us to do. I agree. Uh, at some point in the future, but hopefully when it's a little more freely available. I managed to get uh, Sudden Death on my Sky Store and I, I get to keep it as well. Oh, oh <laughs> you <laughs> jammy devil. <laughs> Excellent, excellent. Uh, so uh, when so when when I realised that we had to change direction here, um, and sudden death was what I wanted to do, I just sent it to you guys, and the response was that yeah, we can do that. I don't even know whether it qualifies. <laughs> really? Um, oh I mean, take a wild guess. <laughs> <laughs> Budget and box office, James. I mean, does it qualify? Um, right. So yeah, you sort of write in your estimation, Rob, uh, earlier that this seems like the most Hollywood or most mainstream attempt uh, to cra- capture a large audience from uh, Van Damme's perspective. Mm. And box office, unfortunately, didn't fare too well this one. So oh, no. budget was thirty-five million dollars. It made sixty-four million worldwide. Which, as we sort of say with marketing and things like that, it's not really added on to the top but because we're all so aware of this film me and Tom were really aware of it without even seeing it to the point yeah. we thought we had seen it so I think there was probably a big push around this movie it opened in the United States on the weekend of December 22nd 1995 wow. I mean Christmas is a terrible time to open it <laughs> <laughs> die hard though yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's not even set at Christmas um and it opened in eighth place. Oh, And it only made $20 million uh, in the US. Wow. Uh, internationally, it fared a little bit better, taking it up to $64 million worldwide. But Hollywood didn't care as much about worldwide gross back then. It was all about how you performed domestically. So it's seen as a bit of a disappointment. But I found here in other countries, it made close to $50 million in profit wow. and video sales, which is incredible. So it, so it had a decent life. Generally, overall, it's had a decent life, this movie. Yeah, found an audience. Thank you, Tom. It found an audience. Excellent stuff. It's a proper blockbuster video rental, this one, isn't it? For sure. Oh, yeah, definitely. So can we say, I mean, does it qualify, therefore, on budget? It's a close one, isn't it? I think it's a disappointment rather than an outright flop. It probably just about broke even, and then with the video sales on top of that, it will have done quite well uh, on the back end. Obviously, critically, it did amazing. Did it? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it didn't. Oh, it yeah. Only one, <laughs> Dear me. Like, honestly. Oh, his little face. His little face. I know, like, I know. Like, like, I'm absolutely <laughs> destroyed. The, I, I was thinking that, like, oh, heck, I ask about the critic stuff now, and Simon's not here. So, it's all uh, right, Rob. I've, I've planned ahead. Don't worry. Oh, you I'm legend, on it. mate. Thank you so much. Um, so, if it kind of qualifies, does it really qualify critically? Yeah, this is the one that pushes it over the edge. So it got a bit of a mixed reception from critics. So 51% on Rotten Tomatoes. Surprisingly, 39% audience. I thought that people might get a kick out of this as sort of a bit of a cult movie. Couldn't find it on Metacritic, uh, so I don't know if they've just washed their hands of it or not. (laughs) (laughs) Letterboxd, it's slightly above the FYR average of 2.8. It's rocking a 2.9. So (laughs) it just scraped above the average. Um, but, you know, we've got some... Uh, do you want to hear what some of the critics had to say? Be delighted. So, uh, Roger Ebert, who is obviously one of the most famous 
critics of all time. Uh, he said that sudden death isn't about common sense. It's about the manipulation of action and special effects sequences to create a thriller effect. And at that, it's pretty good. So he gave it like two and a half out of four. Oh, that's good. But let's be honest. There's only one critic whose opinion we really oh. give a shit about. <laughs> the sheriff of FYR town, Mick LaSalle. Howdy, Sheriff! <laughs> so, for the uninitiated, he became utterly obsessed with Mick when he wrote that the Adam Sandler film Click was one of 2006's great American films. <laughs> so, what did the Sheriff have to say about tonight's film? LaSalle said, Sudden Death is one of the best action thrillers of 1995. Yes! <laughs> There's more. It's also the film Jean-Claude Van Damme has been building up to for 10 years, marking ah! his arrival as a top flight action star. Good grief. Yes! My word. Yes! Finally! <laughs> We've got him back. We've got him back. Oh my God. Honestly, Nick, you're our boy. You are our sheriff for a reason. Oh, yes. Oh, I feel so vindicated. Van Damme, you should feel vindicated. <laughs> it's oh. your... Absolutely. And uh, then just a good review off our uh, of Letterbox. So previously featured on on this podcast, our main man Pube. So <laughs> <laughs> yes, did he did he write about this? He did. He has watched it, and he simply put Arnold Stallone and Bruce. <laughs> oh, <dear>. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so Pube wrote, Arnold Stallone and Bruce never fought a giant penguin woman in a kitchen and killed her in a dish machine. It's true. It's true. <laughs> what did he give it? Three and a half out of five. So we yeah. liked it. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. good. I think that's a good score. It is. Yeah, that'll, give. that'll definitely do. Def- Thank you, Pube. Yeah, oh. and he's right because old Arnold Stallone and Bruce all passed on this movie before it came to JCVD. <laughs> they definitely never chucked someone in a mascot no. outfit into a dishwasher. If anything, Absolutely. they ran from the danger. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm deeply delighted, actually, because, you know, despite it qualifying in terms of critical reception, it actually qualifies uh, in a lot of critics' hearts as well, especially the sheriff's hearts. Love you, big man. Cheers, mate. Um, I don't think I'll ever get over that. So excited. Um, well, uh, no, I'm shocked. <laughs> I'm literally shocked. Um, going forward, then, uh, I suppose we need to look at the movie, which uh, has quite a bit to discuss. Um, but it's a Peter Hyams joint, isn't it? It is. <laughs> so, as discussed earlier, he made uh, Time Cop with JCVD. And this is the second of three films they would make together. They also made a film called Enemies Closer, which came out in 2013. I think that might have been a straight-to-DVD <laughs> one. Uh, uh, even I've not heard of that. He's also, as well, Peter Hyams, which uh, which surprised me given the level of budget that he worked at. He's also the cinematographer on all of his movies and did the cinematography for a Universal Soldier sequel that his son directed. With wow. JCVD in. Lovely. How, how weird must that have been for the son? Like, like the, his dad's like doing it, got the light meter out, sorting out the shots. And he's like, <laughs> he's directing Van Damme. He's like, I wouldn't do that if I were you, son. He doesn't <laughs> like that. He doesn't like it. He doesn't like that. <laughs> he will like it. Just ask him for one of his special kicks. Just, yeah, just yeah. Dear me. I, di- I didn't know. I knew that um, he was DOP on all of his, well, most of his movies. Um, but I didn't know that um, he'd step back and let 
Hyams Jr. take the, yeah, the reins. Good old nepotism paving the way once again. He, he did a End of Days, didn't he? I think. Peter he did, he did. Well, yeah, he did. Saw that quite recently. Yeah. Right? Yeah, he's a safe pair of hands, isn't he, really? Yeah, I, I think this movie looks good. It does, yeah. I mean, all the budget's on the screen. Some of the effects haven't dated great, but, yeah. you know, I think they were working with what they had at the time. Yeah. Um, you know, it's 25 years old, as we've said, but we'll get into that as we move through the movie. <laughs> yes, we will. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, I, I, safe pair of hands is a good thing Good thing here, actually. As in, like, it's a good way to describe Hyams here. Did he Did he do the relic as well, or have I imagined that? He did, yeah, he, he did. did. Yeah, yeah. Story-wise, uh, this movie uh, story was done by Karen Elise Baldwin, and the screenplay was Gene Quintano. And if you look on Gene Quintano's uh, resume, it's all <laughs> comedy films. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Police Academy's uh, three, four, five, uh, Operation Dumbo Drop, Loaded Weapon One. Oh. Um, it, it's all you know. Uh, yeah, and. and and then you've got this, and um, and apparently this was sort of a lot of it was a hangover from a script of his, yeah, that was supposed to be an action comedy. Yeah, so uh, yeah, I've got a bit of contrast in here. So apparently, a writer called Randy Feldman—I don't know if that's a pen name for the guy that you've just mentioned there—he mm. wrote the first draft of the screenplay for the movie as a comedy action movie parody. Mm. The only scene that remained in the finished film was the scene where Van Damme fights the penguin mascot. <laughs> <laughs> One of the deadly series. Of all series. the things you can keep, you know, like, yes. Yeah, yeah. so <laughs> it seems like this has stemmed from something that wasn't going to be as played as straight as it ended up being, but I think the comedy hangover is very much still oh, I agree, evident yeah. in, the, in the finished film. I definitely agree. That's a good thing. Outstanding stuff. Should we go in? Should we dive in? Absolutely. Woo-hoo. Um, we start with with music, don't we? Really, like ba ba bum ba ba bum. You know, like it's the the score is pulsating. We know that you know there's drama. There's going to be thrills and spills, but we're at a a house fire or an apartment fire. And what I think, you know, I'm trying to work out whether this is a tragedy or a murder. I don't know which way it goes. Father, I need some help up here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who's that? Uh, Very much like the gumbo in Hard Target. It was a tragedy. Yeah, it was a tragedy. It was a tragedy. Yeah. I mean, uh, so it, there's a great... I mean, there's loads going on here. Brilliant high-budget scene of a, a fire in progress. And, uh, you know, firemen trying to take it out and all this kind of stuff. And then you start hearing Van Damme like, Help me! Help me in here! <laughs> and and the camera sort of pans up and through this flaming building to find um, our main man, JCBD, sweaty and sooty, <laughs> leaning over <laughs> a young girl. Sweaty and sooty! <laughs> so <laughs> unconvincing as a fireman. <laughs> Sorry, what was that, Tom? Go on, speak up. What, what have you got to say about the fireman protection? Well, uh, just movie? the way he was sort of... He looked like he was panicking and he was on his own and he didn't know what he was doing and he was... I don't know. He was too well dressed, and it just—I didn't really buy him as a, a convincing firefighter. To be honest. <laughs> well, especially when he—you know—he kills a child. That also is a dead giveaway for not being a great. <laughs> because this is this is really harrowing. What happens? Yeah. Um, so Van Damme has uh, got a young girl, and he's doing the whole—you know—like he does with Nancy in. Um, oh, sorry, not Nancy. Nat in um, Hard Target. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> and uh, it's not okay because Van Damme is going to lean over you and suffocate you. 
Um, and that's what happens. Is it not that he tries to protect her from the falling debris and the weight of him and the debris on <laughs> crushes her? It probably is that, yes. Wasn't it a euthanasia scene? <laughs> yeah, I think... <laughs> it was like Dolan now, wasn't it? I think we're both... I think you're both being a little bit hard on JCVD's skills as a fireman yeah. here. <laughs> I, I, I didn't think he'd lay over her long enough for her to, like, immediately perish. That's all. But that's, you know, we obviously couldn't waste time. But um, Van Damme's horror... Actually, this is right. I'm gonna I'm gonna set my stall out right now. I think this is Van Damme's best acted movie. He's really going for it here. Like he is, I think he, he? realizes that this is like he's had big like Time Cop was a huge hit, made like a hundred mm. million dollars, like huge hit, mm. but no one expected it to be. And he's reteamed with Hyams here, and they're hoping hoping that this is a real more mainstream effort, and they're gonna uh, he's gonna propel him into that Arnie Bruce Willis sort of uh, spectrum you can see that he's that he's put the work in here and he is he's oh, yeah. doing his best absolutely he he is I, I think um, I like the way that he conveys the horror of her death but also the horror that he's hold- you know like when you accidentally touch something dead and you're like <laughs> you know what I mean he manages to fuse both of those in for me yeah Rob, I have to say something we that you might have missed was it's the exact same font in the titles as Hard Target. Yes, I know, isn't oh, it? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Sorry, uh, I needed that because it's so close to the heart. You can't, I can't separate it from seeing it normally because it's just part of, you know, part of in here. Uh, no, it, uh, and this is only two years after Hard Target. You mustn't forget. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. I would love to have seen Van Damme's mullet in this film. I don't think that... I mean, that really wouldn't suit a fireman. That is a fire hazard if he had that snake bit of mullet that he had back in the bite. <laughs> he could have grown it back for for the later scenes, you know, when he's been sacked. Yeah. Well, he's fire marshal, come on. He's had a nervous breakdown by the Oh, right, OK. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know. Sorry, I missed all of that. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so uh, we've got brilliant setup here where there's loads of stuff going on. People are getting whacked all over the city, and it seems that, oh, yeah, they've got links to people at the, the ice hockey stadium. Like security people are being pulled over and iced horribly um, by, you know, brilliant B-rate, <laughs> I, I thought they looked look like a bit like a, a sort of budget Sean Penn and then an, an Aaron Neville lookalike as well. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, my dog's missing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was so good. And then lots of oozy action in this film. This film yeah. Yeah, yeah. oozy. But the silences really are on, but they, they still seem as loud as a normal <laughs> oozy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're not fooling anyone here. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and it emerges that Van Damme um, is it a nervous breakdown James that officially I think the the inference is that he's so haunted by what happened when he suffocated slash tried to protect the girl but crushed her under his own body weight whichever camp you fall in there has haunted him (laughs) to the sense that he's had to leave the fire service on sort of due to some sort of psychological trauma essentially Ah. And as a result, he's also lost his family in the process because he's now a weekend so harrowing. I can't get, I can't get on board. It's such an it. odd opening, though, isn't it? You'd think this must mean he's going to redeem himself as a fireman or or, so, or <laughs> get get his kids out of a burning flame or something like that. But you know, it's just he redeemed himself as a as a martial arts expert. Very to do with being a fireman. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I, 
That's such a good point. So, yeah, he rocks up at his ex-wife's house, doesn't he? And, you know, the, the kids have it. Uh, his eldest son is outside playing hockey uh, with his new stepdad. And Van Damme's rocked up. It's not his night to have the kids, but apparently it's his son's birthday, which he automatically forgets as soon as he gets to the stadium because he doesn't spend any time <laughs> with him whatsoever. But <laughs> he's got... Dude... <laughs> Do you buy for a moment that, that these are his kids? To be honest, <laughs> they've never met him before, and they were not allowed to speak to him when on set. No, <laughs> no there, there is one moment. There is one moment I thought they were his kids. Oh, we'll get to it later on. I'm sure. Yes, we'll get to it. Yes, yeah. But it was like um, he, he was sort of seen as an unreliable father, but he just seems like a normal, fairly quiet, yeah, not a wacky kind of person. A man so. with a haunted past, you know, like who's yeah. Well, that there you go. An absolute. Deep dish. Let's not forget this. Rob, I have to say, it, in this scene, did you think that JCVD looked a bit like uh, Paul Blart's mall cop? <laughs> <laughs> or Cla- Claude, Va- Claude Blart? <laughs> what? <laughs> when he goes up to see his kid and his... Better shape, yeah. Like, yeah, he's in this gorgeous outfit. <laughs> Quite a, yeah, he did, he did. The, like, navy slacks. And, yeah, yeah. let's get the outfit done now. Very tight. But... I, I, when, oh, yeah. Uh, but the you know like when <laughs> James rolling his eyes, uh, you know when um, <laughs> you know when um, someone's in the same outfit for the entire movie. I love that because you know it's going down. Yeah, you know it's happening right here, right. Yeah, here. all on one night. Isn't yeah, it again? and so yeah, Van Damme wearing that same uh, lovely pristine security guard, uh, sort of like baby blue top. He's not and a security then... guard, he's a fire marshal. Fire marshal, sorry. He's a fire marshal. Um, scared right. of fire. Well, I, right, what I don't like is how quickly the mum has moved on. Oh, like, no. Like, well, less than two years from what happened, um, according to the like the movie's timeline. And she must have been like, well, you're a fruitcake. See ya. Yeah. Get out. Not awful woman. Yeah, men's mental health wasn't a big thing, obviously, back then, was it? Really? No, 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 but she's no. she's already gone and they're calling him, you know, stepdad and all this. It's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> it's so harsh. And how intimidating must this new stepdad be by the sight of Jean-Claude Van Damme? Because this guy is a proper Alan from accounts, yeah. isn't he? Like, he's... <laughs> if, if this is going to fly, he's going to be, well, he's going to be dead, to be perfectly honest. Right? <laughs> It's going to be wedged into a dishwasher. (laughs) (laughs) Some of the chat, though, between the two kids and... Didn't she say... Didn't the boy say... She's practising being deaf. (laughs) (laughs) Not speaking sign language. She's practising being deaf. Yeah. But we're like, so why? Can... Why are they doing it? <laughs> they are cool. If only for the payoff. <laughs> can, can we, I mean, yeah, exactly. They are. It, it's, it is a, they are. As, as, as child actors go, I, I've always had a bit of a problem with these. <laughs> if I'm completely they're, honest, they're not. They're not Drew Barrymore and Henry Thomas from ET, are they? Let's be honest. No, no. <laughs> It was a bit too early for Haley Joel Osment, wasn't he? Just done Forrest Gump, he was a bit yeah, too young yeah. to play this part. Like, <laughs> <laughs> less convincing as a JCVD's son. <laughs> <laughs> How much would I have given? Honestly. Uh, so, I see dead people. Uh, so anyway, they're off to the hockey ring, can't they? Yes, they are. Up. He rocks up, he manages to convince his wife to let him have the children and not press charges <laughs> and take him back to court. 
but turn it up when it's not his night. <laughs> we go to the hockey rink, and the uh, what we find out uh, through we find out exactly how long it is until the face-off through the several hundred subtitles that wow, come over. This is it, isn't it? <laughs> this it's um this sort of like mechan- timing mechanism. Four hours to face off, two hours to face off, 45 minutes. It's good. I like it. They're very early, aren't they? (laughs) Three minutes before pre match poo. Like, you know, (laughs) they get incredibly specific. And what we find out is that Jean Claude is going to be the the fire marshal for the match. Terrorists are going to take over the match, and that there's a guest of honour in the vice president. He's going to be at the game as well. Oof. Yes. Uh, played by Raymond Barry. And then we just get a bit of jiggery-pokery as then all the chess pieces move into place, don't we, in terms we do, of yeah. the terrorists taking over uh, and everyone being put in their roles and Jean-Claude Van Damme abandoning his kids in a 20,000... <laughs> 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 to be honest with you, where, where this film sort of falls down a little bit for me is that... that that first thirty minutes, it does drag a bit. Like it's like yeah, I don't this isn't a long movie quicker. either, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I've got here, Van Damme doesn't kill a henchman until thirty-seven minutes into the film. Like that's too. Oh, long. No, no. It's because he's being sensitive. <laughs> he's being sensitive, Jim. We get a bit of backstory, don't we? Yeah. Again, to explain his accent, that he was. I was a semi-pro in Canada. Brilliant. Mm. There we go. French Canadian. Done. No explanation. Yeah, it's always one or the other. Yeah, yeah. No explanation as to how he knows martial arts. That's not important, but we yeah, do need to know where that accent comes from. <laughs> and the subtitles were in capitals, weren't they? I've never seen that. Maybe that was shouting, just my version. Shouting subtitles. Yeah, the rude words. Well, yeah, there's that brilliant scene in the locker room. Um, there's some amazing mullets yeah. in the locker room. Mm. And the singer, the the guy who does the national anthem, has got an amazing bullet. <laughs> yeah, this yeah. is what this is what I come to a Van Damme movie for. Sometimes is the immense hair. So I'm so glad that if Van Damme, well, no, his hair's great in this film, but at least someone else is picking up the mullet slack on this one. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Um, I like. <laughs> I think you know when you. This is all setting up the geography of the film for me, where yeah. things are. Um, yeah, the proximity good of things. That. Yeah, it's really good, and it's shot well, and it's kind of urgent. Yeah, James, totally agree. It takes a bit too long. Um, I don't like the fact that um, the kids think he's a whack job. Like, you yeah. know, oh, Daddy was a fireman, so but then harsh. he had him. You know, then he <laughs> lost his mind or something like that. Like, yeah, and now all he does is change <laughs> light bulbs. They think that's his job. Like, I mean, it's, it's a total it's not promotion, is it? You know, and it'll be the mum telling them that as well. You know, yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah. That, oh, what a horrid woman. That Weasley yeah. stepdad just pouring poison in their ear like he owes Yeah, them, yeah, like. yeah. <laughs> uh, your, your father, you know he's Alan broken. from accounts. <laughs> Evil Alan from accounts. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you put Alan next to JCVD. I mean, there's no contest, is there, really? Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, we get that... Uh, we go through everything, you know, like the sports announcers, the yeah. TV um, area, and the whole geography for the whole movie set out. Um, yeah. So I felt like I knew where I was all the time when I was inside. Yeah. It's a brilliant sandpit for the what uh, for the action that takes place over the course. Yeah. Once it kicks in over the ninety minutes, we know where the boxes are. We know where the vice president is being held by Powers Booth, who he's just after a load of cash, isn't he? Really? That's basically I mean, all. Yeah. Can we just? Yeah. He is absolutely brilliant. Well, he's a great actor. <laughs> he's really good. He's slightly loving the role, isn't he? <laughs> But, uh, like, is he the only... You know when they... they Because we'll gloss over certain elements here. We'll keep this train moving. But because it doesn't take long for, oh, my word, it's all going wrong. And 
Powers Booth has come to kidnap... Well, no, he's holding the vice president and the people in the VP suite all hostage yeah. just to get some cash, really. And if they don't send cash, he's going to, one by one, um, click some detonators that correspond to some explosives all the way around the stadium and everyone will be dead. For me, he escalates things quite emphatically in terms of his plan. So basically, if the money isn't, if one third of the money isn't transferred, it's like five billion dollars or something. It's a ridiculous yeah, thing. Yeah. If if <laughs> if a third of the money isn't uh, transferred to the bank accounts that he's set out by the end of the first period, he'll kill one person. If it's not transferred by the end of the second period, he'll kill two. And if it's not done by the end of the third period, he'll kill everyone in the stadium. I mean, that's a massive jump from two to twenty thousand. <laughs> yeah. What's in it for him then? <laughs> I, no, I, 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 I like the fact that you know, like a lot of villains in these movies, they're just like, "I'll kill you, I'll kill you." No, he's like, "Well, you've been annoying, bang." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a, there, yeah. there is a lot of violence in this film. Yeah, there is. There is. This, there's a hefty body count for sure. Would you guys like to hazard a guess at what the body count is? Oh, oh do you have a figure? Yeah. Outstanding. Uh, 50s. Although maybe not so much, actually. 35. Tom? Yeah, I know I'd, I'd say, I was going to say 50s, but that's probably probably too high, I reckon. Yeah. So it's 36, Rob. So I think this oh! is the first time you oh, question right on that. It is. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, because, like, no one's safe in this. Uh, Granny gets shot in the head. Oh, yeah. 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 And all she is is married to the chef. Like, that bit's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> she she sort of like gets escorted into a house just to get to get on the phone to the chef. Yeah, let these guys up and, to the uh, VPs. Yeah, oh, she yeah. doesn't seem that bothered. Like she she sat, sits down to watch the, the match on the TV and then she just gets shot. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was all over now. I thought the guy was going to leave after he'd done all that. To be fair, that guy is wearing a very distracting shirt that might have thrown her. Yeah, it, yes. I just refer to him as ruffles lovely earring as well. <laughs> but like you know, I like it when a villain is properly evil. You know, so yeah, he shoots the he shoots someone, doesn't he? And um, up in the box, and um, you know, it's like someone's absolutely appalled. Like you know, uh, what is wrong with you? And he turns and he says, "I'll send a card." <laughs> absolutely ace. <laughs> He's having the time of his life. Um, yeah, he is, yeah. Uh, the skybox, I think the box they're in is really cool. I'd love to watch something up there. It looks ace. Yeah, yeah, lovely. The executive boxes and kitchens. Yes, that's it. That's it. All the behind-the-scenes bits. There's uh, a lot of food in the film, isn't there? There's loads of food, yeah. While Van Damme is wandering around the building, doing a bit of fire marshalling, I can't remember what, he comes across some ne'er-do-wells and he ends up, you know... Having to do some stuff. I, I, I can't remember. And he's not they, looking after his children, basically. He's parked yeah, them in their seats. He's gone off to do something or other. Uh, the kids get into a squabble, don't they, about whether they're that's a maniac oh, or not. It's so <laughs> harrowing. So <laughs> harrowing. And then the, the boy squirts her in the face. I mean, it's abs- yeah. What a turn. Oh, she's got glasses. Oh, it's, it's awful. too harrowing. Yeah, it's not it's good, awful. is it? It's not. And she cries. In case you want the too- soda, oh. don't get out of your seats to get it. Yeah. <laughs> The kids inexplicably brought a water pistol to an ice hockey game, like you do. Um, and Van Damme's told him very specifically not to get out of his seat, even if the building is burning down, which we'll come back to later. <laughs> anyway, he, dro- he dumps a load of coke all over his... Not cocaine. <laughs> all over it. It's not that weird, this film. Um, all, over his, um, all over his sister. And she runs off, upset, 
doesn't she? And runs to the bathroom. And this is when the film starts getting moving now. now yeah, this is where moving. we start. Like, And there's an escalation here in terms of, wow, wacky, wacky. It's, it's yeah. I mean, nothing's off the table. I, I think this film genuinely, in a lot of ways, if you ignore the fact that it's in one place, it has absolutely everything. <laughs> Stuff I've never seen before. Stuff I want to see yeah. and stuff I do not want to see ever again. Thank you very much. So earlier in the film, the uh, the little girl has been uh, introduced to the uh, woman who plays the mascot for the Pittsburgh Penguins. And <laughs> as she goes into the bathroom, she sees the mascot and goes up and tries to talk to what she believes is the nice lady who's uh, who performs in the mascot costume. But it isn't a nice lady in there. There is a lady in there, but she's not very nice at all. <laughs> Oh, so and then what happens, Rob? It's in in a commercial industrial kitchen. There is a massive fight to the death between <laughs> yeah. Jean Claude Van Damme in a fire marshal outfit and a penguin, yeah, so <laughs> a life size penguin. The penguin kidnaps his daughter, takes her up to the uh, vice president's box. They don't just shoot her; they think, "Oh, yeah, we've we've got plenty of hostages, but one more will do." Uh, and then the penguin goes back downstairs again, and um, and Van Damme's like, "Where is my daughter? Where is my daughter?" It <laughs> suddenly gives a shit. He didn't give a shit five minutes ago. <laughs> He's like, "Oh fuck, I'm gonna get blamed for this." <laughs> <laughs> there goes any right uh, visitation I ever get. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm already on thin ice. <laughs> Good pun. Excellent pun. Yeah, that's what we want. Uh, so yeah, Van Damme ends up in a kitchen with the mascot who he knows is uh, not the woman inside. Well, he knows that inside is not the woman that he knows. Um, it's a villain. <laughs> and they end up having an absolute fight to the raw death and nothing is off the table. I mean, it's one of the most violent scenes I've ever seen. Like, it's incredible. <laughs> but one of the participants is in a seven-foot... Yeah. She, she mustn't be able to see much, is. must she? And she's got these huge sort of uh, leg leggings. So I don't know how she does those high kicks. <laughs> I mean, she's probably better than JCVD at the, the high kicks, to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. And that's our, that's our introduction as to, who is this guy? Why can he do all this martial arts? What on earth is going on? Yeah, it, a scene where we don't know the backstory of either as to how either know martial arts. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly there's this incredibly adept combat fight in the gym. Actually, though, yeah. having watched a lot of Van Damme movies, this is um, I think this is his most vulnerable. And I think he's more hapless in this film than he's ever been yeah. before, actually. It wasn't um, like a Seagal fight where they don't get a knock, do they? They get absolutely nothing on it. Yeah, no, Van Damme got absolutely battered in this movie. Um, So it's meat cleavers, meat tenderizers, uh, (laughs) electric knives. I mean, they're trying to get each other with everything. That was one of the things that, that, it's a movie, so you don't worry about it, but like, this kitchen's long been deserted for at least 15 minutes and everything, all the food is still (laughs) cooking. It all looks absolutely delicious. Nothing's burning. Right. (laughs) Oh, Health yeah. and safety. There's lovely steaks on the grill. Like <laughs> I never thought about this. Where are they? Where's the staff? The, the chef. The chef's been killed, hasn't he? So they're like, oh, we won't go in now. We'll yeah, he's it. upstairs, dead. Yeah. But... <laughs> Hilarious guys, moustache. They've all bunked off. Imagine coming oh, yeah. back to uh, um, to the aftermath of this <laughs> yes. fight. It's ridiculous. Oh, they're, they're trying to stick each other in hot, you know, deep fat fryers and drown each other in fat and all sorts and um it, it is great and i think like as soon as you know i think this is like the most iconic 
Well, certainly it's got to be amongst the most iconic scenes of this film. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would say comfortably is the most iconic <laughs> <laughs> I can't quite work out how she dies. She goes up that conveyor belt thing and does she get sort of strangled in a some kind of mesh thing? Yeah, yeah. She's going up yeah. the... Um, the dishwasher, it's an industrial dishwasher that's just a conveyor belt going through a big hot thing that sprays hot water. And um, yeah. she, as she's going up, the grippers grab her around the neck. And yeah. yeah. She gets pulled through and she's dead and hot by the end. Um, yeah. And it's, I mean, it's a disgrace, isn't it? She's also had a hand burnt in hot fat by that yeah. point. And yeah, Curry poured down her eye hole in the, in the costume. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Weaponized spices. This was a real trope in the 90s, wasn't it? Robin Williams tried to kill 007 with cayenne pepper in Mrs. Dale's So But imagine Ramsay walking back into yeah, this kitchen yeah. after this has gone down. It's just like, damn. <laughs> Shut it down. <laughs> Shut it down. <laughs> Well, I mean, he doesn't move the body. No, oh no. You know, so he leaves the body. Yeah, yeah leaves it just there. for when other chefs arrive. Like, what? What's going? <laughs> oh my! God. You know, it's, it's. I mean, there is a there is a number of logic leaps in this book. But he knows it's sudden death, and he has to get there. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. He doesn't yeah. know. He doesn't know that. No, he hasn't got a clue no. what's well, going on. He's just no, killed he a mascot. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's got a massive hand in making sure that happens. You know. Let's let's not forget. Um, so, oh, there's also an extraction fan in the mascot's eye. Oof. Yeah, which Above is brilliant. The hop, he lifts it, lifts it, and, so and all the fluff and <laughs> going everywhere. <laughs> Diving leaps everywhere. Ah, uh, dear, it's great. We go into another kitchen fight pretty much immediately afterwards. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Someone else comes into the kitchen. He's got a fight. <laughs> and he says, Simon... It's the Sean Penn guy, isn't it? It is, yeah. Simon, <laughs> can, you, can you bring in the bleeps for this one? Because I can't. You know, I can't have this going on the airwaves, but Who he says you, this Dennis? line that I absolutely love, which is, <laughs> f*** you and f*** your kid. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't think that was in my version. It was, yeah, I remember it. <laughs> what? It's such a disgrace. Such a Dear disgrace. Me. And Van Damme's not having that, so he kills him with a sharpened turkey bone. <laughs> he does. Yeah, it looks like a... A bone you'd give to your dog, doesn't it? <laughs> a dog, dog bone in the neck. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's super. Um, oh. In my notes I've written here, Joan has a bullet in her head. It's graphic and horrid. Who's Joan? I can't remember who that is. Joan was the lady who was in the mascot costume originally before it was taken from her by force. Oh, by yes. yes, yes. She's found in a sort of cupboard yeah. or something. <laughs> In the trophy room. Basically, after murdering two people in the kitchen, Van Damme decides to take sort of the stadium tour and goes and has a look in the back offices. Like, yeah, yeah, he does, yeah. Like he's having a stroll around the new camp. <laughs> Some lovely snaps. Yeah, Lovely yeah. snaps. Where's the trophy room? <laughs> it's great, isn't it? Um, meanwhile, there's that, there's that sort of Walter Skinner lookalike guy on the computer with Powers Boots. Yes, yeah, yeah. And he's obsessed with... Uh, yeah, we've got some windbreakers here. We've got some slightly different kind of windbreakers. <laughs> Just describing these jackets to everybody. Like, what on earth is going on? And then he describes the countries which the money's going to. And there's a slight, you know, seems to find it funny, this Caribbean accent that he does. Oh, and, no, yeah. no. Yeah. Another reason to love these bands. Yeah, Not yeah. a nice man. Not a nice man. 
No. I thought he was the guy, you know, because I was looking on IMDb, but I thought he was the guy that did, uh, was the bomb disposal expert in Die Hard with a Vengeance. No, no, Same this guy's way more hench than him. Yeah, he is, yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, no, I know he is, but, yeah. like, um, having looked. But yeah. I was convinced at the beginning that it was him. <laughs> That's baldest. Yeah, it is, but, yeah. <laughs> I'm glassicist. Yeah. Dear me, you know. I thought it was the, it was the right era, 90s action movies. I yeah. thought we must be on so many. It was. <laughs> Dear, um, Hallmark. Hallmark. Yes. Talk to me about Hallmark. Yes, yes. Uh, he's, this is like a, a riff on, well, it looks like, to begin with, that this is another diehard riff in terms of yeah. Jean-Claude Van Damme is the one-man <laughs> army and he is talking to someone in authority outside the building, isn't he? And it's Hallmark, who has... Yeah. We won't get to Hallmark. why this might be the case, but it's got to be said that Hallmark, his management of this situation is absolutely <laughs> appalling from start to yeah. Well, it's so bad he, he gets a punch, doesn't he, that he agrees with Yeah, from JCVD. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah deserve yeah. one of them. So basically Hallmark's telling him, like, don't get involved, don't do anything. He's like... Oh, fuck you, Hallmark. I will do what I need to do. I'm going to go and find the bombs because I'm <laughs> not only am I a fire marshal and a martial artist and a French Canadian semi pro ice hockey goalkeeper, I'm also a bomb disposal expert. <laughs> so get out of my face yes, and let me yeah. do my job. Which job? And a terrible father. Yes. You know? <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, and then, well, he controls the billboard outside, which is a really smart move. That's a good really idea. I think that. that's quite a nice nice feature in the film, though. Yeah. yeah. I don't think we've seen anything like that, to be fair. No, no, and it's it's a really logical thing to do. Yeah, it's a, it's a good idea, because he's getting messages to the outside, but then it, it lasts all of two seconds, because Ruffles, fresh from murdering a pensioner, has come to the... Uh, Come to the stadium with a rocket launcher and he sees to that scoreboard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he does, Subtle. doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's literally what I put here. This is like Die Hard, but mega unsubtle. Yeah. And it is, isn't it? You know, messages to the outside. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, there's there's so many callbacks, isn't there? But before we know it, Hallmark is revealed to be pretty duplicitous yeah and this is so stupid it doesn't even make sense like so jcvd's been running around like offing random henchmen forgot all about his children he doesn't give a shit oh, yeah well his son definitely he is actually looking for his daughter but and disposing of bombs he can multitask <laughs> but yeah hallmark makes his having seen a zamboni filled with dead bodies decides that he's gonna go on going to the stadium i mean how is none of this mayhem outside of the stadium getting through to the people who are watching yeah. the, game inside? <laughs> like, the play entire on, play on. park goes up in flames at one point <laughs> <laughs> yes cars are blowing up in the car park this is before this yeah yeah doesn't a helicopter get shot down well as before. well yeah. I know we didn't have Twitter and stuff back in 95, but surely a steward will have seen this from outside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, uh, there's 12 bombs. Van Damme's going around trying to find each. He's that good at his job that he's created a, his own little map yeah. that can tell him where the best places to put the bombs are. And he's just so happens to be right on all 12 of them. <laughs> Show me one of your special maps. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, we know he's good. 
Now, yeah. I think that's what we take from this. Yeah. He's good. Basically, he's good. when the movie needs him to be good at something, he is damn good at it. It's like, <laughs> he's really damn damn good at it. Yeah. Um, then he turns a super soaker into a flamethrower. Oh, yes. And uh, just uh, obliterates whole As if that would work, well, but it, it's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> it looks amazing, yeah. <laughs> so what we get here is we get instantly, Hallmark makes his way into the stadium by himself. The henchman gets the drop on Van Damme. Hallmark steps in to stop the henchman shooting Van Damme. Van Damme punches Hallmark. Hallmark says, fair enough, I'm not very good at my job. Then 30 seconds later, it is revealed that Hallmark is working with Powers Booth. Have I got this all in the right order? <laughs> yeah, you have, you have, yeah. you have. So yeah, why didn't Hallmark just let the henchman shoot Van Damme if he's in on it with... <laughs> Uh, again, yeah. like like we suggested, there are some logic issues this film has. It's literally thirty seconds later. I mean, if we're going to talk about logic issues, we have to talk about what happens next. He's getting chased around the stadium by some people. Yeah, he's just standing on spectators' heads, and no one seems bothered. There's no steward saying. <laughs> <thing. laughs> just get out of the way. I'm trying to watch it, it, the, the the match. Please, come on. It's mad, yeah. No, he's jumping on seats and people's heads and shouting. Tom Castile, and, remember? And he ends up. <laughs> that's... Tom Castile. Yeah, that's his alias at the moment. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> Is it? Yeah, when he's had a chat, I think it's with Hallmark. He he pretends to be Tom Castile. <laughs> I've never. That's incredible. Yeah. I didn't know that. Never comes up oh. again. <laughs> no, no, just <laughs> never comes up. Yeah, well, because Hallmark's. Up a bad guy 30 seconds later. <laughs> Forget that one. Yeah, we'll just carry on. Yeah, that reveal needed more time to percolate. Yeah, um, couldn't really get but into he character. ends up in the dress... <laughs> no, he ends up in the dressing room and for just the most bizarre, subhuman <laughs> reasons, he dresses as the goalie who's yeah, injured yeah. and then emerges on the ice. He looks like he doesn't know he's there, though, does he? No! He's like, I don't really know what I'm doing here. <laughs> And then when when yeah. the co- he goes over to the the bench and the coach just says, "Are you good to go?" and he nods, just shake your head, <laughs> just saying, "Just shake your head." And like, All right, that's fine. I understand. What are you doing? <laughs> he, he does. He's put. He's, he's got a gormless face on it. Look at his face for the rest of this film. There, as if I really don't know what I'm doing. I, I, I'm meant to be here. I can't. Oh, it's my kids. Oh no, it's the bomb. I forgot. Oh no, actually, I'll play some ice hockey. <laughs> He's more worried yeah. about the attackers racing at him than he is about the bomb and all that. He's more, more worried about keeping a clean sheet. <laughs> He's more afraid of Midwestern Pep Guardiola than he is of yes, Alex yeah. <laughs> That That scene when it's like him and the uh, the coach, you know, sort of telling him what to do. I mean... John Claude Van Damme being the best actor in a scene takes some doing, doesn't it? it really does. <laughs> <laughs> he spots his son as well. He somehow then sees his son, doesn't he? Yeah. Oh, he's finally paying him some well, attention on his birthday. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So what? What? What we have to say is he makes an incredible <laughs> match-saving save. Oh, does he? he? In goals. Yeah. It's an incredible save. <laughs> Everyone thinks he's the goalie who's gone off injured and what have you, Brad Tolliver. Yeah, 
and he's oh. uh, he's between the sticks and he does a cracking job. And uh, <laughs> the sign language that made no sense at the start of the movie still doesn't make yes. much sense, but at least it explains how he knows it. Um, and he goes, I love you to his son, who's been sat rooted in his seat. Hasn't even gone to the back room in the entire game. And it's like 15 to... I, I, when I used to go and watch Manchester Storm at the arena... In between periods, it was like 15 minutes in between each yeah. period when the Zamboni <laughs> yeah. came out. Don't leave Obviously, your seats. Obviously, the Zamboni Don't leave at this arena has gone missing because it's full of dead people. I've got no refreshments here. No, you can't. Uh, I, no I, I had massive goosebumps when he told his kid he loved him on the ice. Yeah. And the no. score swelled. Yeah, the crane view as well. Oh, yeah. And the kid <laughs> realises that's his dad. Oh, it's a lovely moment. Yeah, that's one of the best shots in the movie, isn't it? It is, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, we know that it's absolute nonsense because all of his actions to <laughs> the contrary suggest that he doesn't love that kid very much. I know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you didn't save that penalty for your kid, really, did you? I mean, it's not... It's not specific to him. Well, is yeah, yeah. Is he a Pittsburgh Penguins fan? You know, would it have helped? <laughs> it might have. Does he like ice hockey? No, no evidence. No, no. Absolutely cr- crutching at straws here. Anyway, he keeps the scores level, doesn't he? Oh no, he keeps it four three down, doesn't he? Oh yeah, like yeah, a yeah. one goal yeah, deficit. Because there's the yeah, yeah. last second equaliser, isn't it? Lovely by Luke Robitaille. Um, yeah, yeah. Lovely. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Lovely uh, realism of the scoreline, you know, like not silly. You know, it's yeah. Well, it's four all is probably fairly silly in game yeah. seven, but it's a hell of a game. To be fair, no wonder everyone's yeah. distracted. Oh, it is. Can we just watch that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, they get in the locker room, and as soon as he gets there, some geezer gets absolutely <laughs> gone to shreds. Crying, <laughs> laughing at that. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. Wanton loss, and, he, of and then he's he's high kicking, wearing these the biggest goalkeeping shin pads you've ever seen. There's no way you could have got your leg up though. It's so it's, good. It's outrageous. This the film is flying here. It's flying. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. He used that member of the backroom staff as a decoy. Like he's got blood on his hands of an innocent man. There. He does. Yeah. He uses him as oh, a decoy. Did, yeah, like, he did. What at all? Who are you guys? What <laughs> Yeah. Hey, who the hell are you? Yeah. <laughs> oh God. I need to hit him oh. with a special kick. Uh, yes. Well, uh, running around in a nice hockey suit is brilliant. I absolutely love it. Meanwhile, though, there's just a shot of the son looking for his dad, and he's got out of his seat. Oh, I didn't see that. So that's it then. He's, he's, he's yeah. He's disobeyed his, his dad after all. So it's lies at the end. I never. Yes, moved. it's lies. Yeah. Right. That's it. Get out. This kid. <laughs> This kid. Uh, I, I thought that cross-cutting between Van Damme and what he was doing and the frenetic action on the ice was good filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lovely. Kinetic. Yeah, it was. Lovely. I think from an action standpoint, you can't really fault this. It's all pretty solid, isn't it? And, like, yeah, it is. it's more narratively where you have to make more of the leaps. But in terms <laughs> Logic, of the way it's yeah. shot and the way that the action sequences are put together, it's all pretty solid stuff, to be honest. And, yeah, well-filmed and good camera moves and what have you. Um, and then he's he's in a vest now, isn't oh, he? Yeah. At this point, and he's going up on Hero the roof. Oh, yeah. Like he's going he's on the been... roof now. No, he's not going on the roof yet, mate. No, he's got he's got a gunfight in the locker room. Of course. Um, Uzi's all over. Then he's got the gym. He's Uzi fights in the gym. Yeah. Then he's got in some workshop and he puts some dude's hand through a 
some machinery. Oh, yeah. It's all happening. Oh, and, yeah. And, I, you know, at the same time, one of the greatest hockey matches of all time is happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. With, you know, discounting the fact that in, an ineligible player wandered on and <laughs> played for a bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, we're going up. Um, actually, right. It's not just special kicks, this film. I think Van Damme uses his wits in this. Yes. Ooh. You know, I think this is a movie where he uses wits more than any other Van Damme movie I've seen. So, yeah, I, I think it's really good. Um, it's it's nice to see this because it shows a different side to him. And again, like you're saying, he's throwing for the fences a little bit, swinging for the fences a little bit here because this is it, isn't it? You know? Yeah. Big Hollywood moment. 1995. Let's do this. Um, yeah. The kids' cup must be so full of urine. I don't know. <laughs> you can't put it down. <laughs> they cannot last that long. You know, no, no kids' bladders no cannot. They cannot. American sports go on for days. You know, it's <laughs> yeah, so yeah. impossible. Uh, no toilet yes, breaks. Stay in that seat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> James, the roof. Yes. Yeah. So we're going up on the roof now, aren't we? So we've already seen an amazing like <laughs> fireworks display earlier. Like, I don't know what that was in aid of, because there's no half-time in ice hockey, so I don't know what that was there for. Or when they did it, for instance. But We're going to be bombed! Yes! Yeah. Woo! The roof is retractable. <laughs> Everyone saw that, but they didn't see the car park exploding outside, so I don't, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't hear it either. Yeah. So he goes up onto the roof, which has a retractable dome, basically. Yeah. He has a bit of a scuffle upstairs as well, doesn't he? And we're into sudden death overtime here. And what I like about Powers Booth here is he's a maniac, but he's a maniac who sticks by his own rules and he doesn't just blow the stadium up yeah. as soon as the third period's over. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's like, like, well, no, oh, you know, well, I'll plan for extra, extra time. time. Fair enough. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so sad. <laughs> I've promised these, these victims, I've promised them. The hostages won't forgive me. I'll only kill them when it's full time, please. <laughs> Van, Van Damme um, short circuits the roof to open it, doesn't he? Yeah. Because um, he's like a mechanical just, engineer. You know, like he's not well. wiring a car. <laughs> so like, no, it's like two wires. He goes, yeah. You know, like it's just like an old Volkswagen. And then suddenly this massive roof opens. It's astonishingly dangerous. Yeah. Um, epic scenes on the edge of the roof, like diving over each other. Yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah. loving it all. Van Damme still getting absolutely battered. Yeah. And I think there's an amazing shot from the stadium up onto the roof where Van Damme's, you know, all oh, this is so well shot. The stunts yeah, are superb, aren't they? They really are. I genuinely believe he is there. Oh, you genuinely do, yeah. Um, and I I love everything that happens from this point here. Um, the scoreboard, um, well, I mean, <laughs> he falls off the edge yeah. and grabs a ceiling like the drama is oh. immense. Yeah, yeah, it's great. The scream from that guy. Oh, yeah, it's unbelievable. He falls on the scoreboard, you know, the one that hangs in yeah. the, over the thing. I'm, I'm saying that really for the benefit of the listeners. And it all blows up and everyone realised finally that something's not right here, you know. Finally, <laughs> people <laughs> wake up oh, to the idea oh, that something's afoot. <laughs> and he's got a lovely mason jar of a bomb. <laughs> this is the most mental thing I've ever seen in my so life. So weird. Like, it's brilliant. It's brilliant, this. Uh, it, swinging from ceiling lights <laughs> on the roof of a stadium, chucking a little bomb at the VP box. that has got his daughter inside. Yeah. Let's not forget that. <laughs> It's so exhilarating. And then he ends up swinging along, dropping... Oh, no, he goes on a, a camera for a little bit. 
Um, and then drops in through the roof into the executive box. Uh, it's yeah. just ace. I love it. The whole swinging moment is very diehard as well, isn't it? Like when he wraps the uh, hose pipe around himself and jumps yeah, on the top yeah, of yeah. so so. It's got all the beats, hasn't it? All it really does, yeah. Insane. Oh, yeah. I, I just, um, yeah, it's impossible not to enjoy this. The, the reunion with his kid is Goosebump City. Um, oh, Van the, the oboe is played beautifully. <laughs> First mention of the oboe on the FYR podcast. Excellent. <laughs> um, no words for the VP, the vice president. Just a nod. Yeah. You know, he just nods him on. Like, and the son, love it. the son is just still in his seat. Eh? Yeah, he just yeah. watched everyone rush out and he's just gormously just looking like, what? Why are all these people leaving? Like, you know why they are. There's, yeah, yeah. It's been explosions going up in front of you. <laughs> still want to go. Fine. I mean, the game's been... Disrupted. All the ice hockey players are running off yeah. the off the ice. Like we're robbed of one of the great finales of one of the great games. Yeah, so. no winner is there. Then? There's no winner. No. Well, we are. We're the, we're the audience we are. of the winner. We're, yeah. we're the winners. <laughs> we're the winners here. He, he goes back. Right. He goes back to his other kid, and it's all lovely. But before that, <laughs> Powers Booth is is now he's escaped from the VP box. He's just pressing buttons on the, you know, trying to blow stuff up to see which bombs are left. And the only one that seems to be live is the toilets. <laughs> he just blows yeah, up, yeah. blows up some bombs. <laughs> such minimal damage, like a bit yeah. of water. It doesn't really hurt anyone. It's, some people. They might trip. have tripped up a bit. You know, it's, it's so petty. He wanted five hundred million dollars out of this evening. He's like, oh, I'll just blow up the bombs yeah. instead, like. <laughs> He wore his tux as well. What I love about the remote with with all the detonators on is that the lights don't correspond to which bomb it is, so he doesn't know which one he's blowing up at any one time. Like, yeah, yeah. like surely you'd go for the ones first that are going to cause the most structural damage. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> pathetic, isn't it? You know, no planning, not following through. Oh, dear me. Uh, I mean, right. Let's not jump ahead because there's a lovely moment between. Van Damme's son and Van Damme when finally he goes back to him. Yeah. Oh, yes. And they oh, have a lovely go. hug. They're, this lovely hug. I didn't move, Dad. Even when <laughs> the building was blowing up, I didn't move. Even when I was turtle heading, I didn't like... move. <laughs> <laughs> I got up slightly out of my seat at one point and looked around and couldn't see you. But I, but I did not, apart from that, I did not move. <laughs> I did fill this cup, this cup up to the absolute brim with urine. <laughs> the only thing I did while I was here. <laughs> Huge pile of piss on his sleeping. <laughs> a pile. Oh, <laughs> well, he, he told them to get a soda, didn't he? So they yeah. did have a Pepsi as well. Goodness me. Oh dear. Um, I think Van Damme. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna save this bit to talk about another time. Another what, time. Like on a different yeah. episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sudden death redux episode. Forty years on, we'll be coming to that, Tom. Don't worry, don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. So anyway, like Powers Booth puts a hilarious disguise on. Oh, Ron Burgundy. Stop. Suddenly stop. appears. <laughs> He looks pleased uh, with himself when they, they discovered, like, oh, do you like my outfit? Oh, yeah, it's pretty good, isn't it? <laughs> You're trying to get away. You're trying not to be recognised, man. <laughs> Stop! 
<laughs> because the little girl again, a bit like the uh, a bit like the brother. She's inexplicably brought something that doesn't belong in a sports stadium to the yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's a little hand stamp, and she's been hand stamping characters throughout. And she actually hand stamped uh, Powers Booth at one point. She's lucky she didn't get shot in the head for that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a, it's a great camera shot, to be fair, right? Because she sees the hand. Yeah, it is. Oh, it is. Yeah, and yeah, making yeah. its way through the crowd, like he's just walking through, and then it it, it tilts yeah. up. And uh, and there's there's Powers Booth, <laughs> this ridiculous blonde wig and tash. <laughs> he look he looks like a sun kissed Tom Selleck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a Swedish Tom Selleck. <laughs> <laughs> and and immediately Van Damme loses Emily again. <laughs> yeah, he's on his movie trying to get him back and, again. and leaves the boy on his own. Oh, it's hopeless. It's it's absolutely hopeless. Has he told him he can get out of his seat at this point? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> No, he tells he tells one of Hallmark's mates to hold his hand. Yeah. Like, don't trust a Hallmark friend. Don't do that. Yeah. We don't. Oh, you Wally. Seriously. Yeah. Um, Emily's been dragged up to the roof again because that's where a helicopter's going. Because why you'd go there, I've got no idea. Because you can't land on there because it's all circular. But the, it looks like they're going to dangle a ladder for Powers Booth to try yeah. and escape. <laughs> I don't think he's got the upper it's body strength to get up that to get up that ladder to be honest but he manages it show me up I mean not really um, yeah. Van, Van Damme followed, <laughs> follows him and they have a fight and <laughs> I shouldn't laugh Did at it? this but <laughs> <laughs> not really <laughs> not really no but Emily drops through <laughs> oh yeah yeah and she drops through some hatch yeah and, and is dangling over the whole stadium and it's you shouldn't be laughing at this, but it can't not be funny. <laughs> it's too much drama. It's just too much drama yeah, yeah. at this stage. <laughs> it, it's so great. Uh, are they on the scoreboard at this point? Yeah, yeah. She's on the, the scoreboard. scoreboard yeah, yeah. He's on the roof. How he must be absolutely sick of back in back and forth, back and forth on this roof by this point. Oh, it's up and down like a yo-yo. It's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then yeah, the the chopper. He gets on the chopper, doesn't he? Powers booth. Yes, and what happens is that he pulls Emily out of the hatch. He brings her back in. Um, Powers booth pulls a gun on on the two of them, and he dives in front of Emily to save her. Takes a <laughs> bullet to the shoulder. So now it's it's, it's sort of it's like screenwriting one hundred and one. We go back to the beginning, essentially. Yeah. Like he's managed to save this little girl when he failed to at the start of the uh, of the film. And that, but he's got a bullet wound, and he's got he's just got a, he's got a chase after Powers Booth on a on a rope swing that's coming up the <laughs> <off a> chopper. <laughs> and what what does he do? Uh, how does he? Down? I mean, does he, like, shoot at he shoots it? all the other, doesn't he? he shoots oh, the he pilot does. He's underneath it, and he somehow his... everybody else is shot apart from Powers Booth. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then with no pilot, the the, the helicopter does. A perfect yeah. vertical three-point turn to reverse back into the stadium. Why does he do that? He does it. Does he pulls the joystick or whatever yeah. he's doing. Genuinely, I've <laughs> seen he? a helicopter reverse vertically. Yeah. Like, yeah, <laughs> but like perfectly. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely perfectly. Um, and the reflection in Emily's glasses, they look at each other as the helicopter passes. It's through. falling so slowly that there's time for a cup of tea, there's, there's time for a <laughs> Yeah, time, time for, for just, uh, yeah. The lovely denouement. 
It's like that Vanning inception. Um, how slowly this bloody chopper goes. Down. Yeah. <laughs> and he and he starts screaming like he sounds a bit like Chewbacca at one point. <laughs> <laughs> So weird. It, it's so good, and uh, you know, like it takes him. Yeah, you're right. An absolute age to fall, <laughs> um, and then he's down, and it blows up on the ice. Yeah, this film's got everything. Is what I'm thinking yeah. at this point. And then they go outside, and I love it. I love it when a film finishes quickly because Van Damme is on the chair. I couldn't believe this ending. I couldn't. <laughs> He's, almost... he's taken off as if he's the most pathetic person ever in the, in the by the paramedics. He, again, he, just, he looks like, where am I? What's going on here? Like, he doesn't even get. He doesn't even sort of have a moment of realization. Like, oh my kids! Oh, yeah, oh I've a, left them. His kids. His kids are left on the street. Just, yeah. <laughs> he closed the ambulance just door and drive off. And he's like, I was right, waiting for some know. lovely walk in the park with them, you know, and oh, daddy yeah. loves you or something like that. And there's nothing. It's just whisked away. <laughs> Kids, you can't go in the back of the, the, the ambulance. Sorry. I agree with you, Rob. Like, when the action's over, wrap it up and let's get out of here. But this is too quick. This is too yeah. quick. <laughs> Perhaps not this quick. Perhaps let the dad and the kids, you know, have a moment. Not just chin him in the ambulance. Give them a moment for pity's sake. Yeah. <laughs> not him just being shoved in the back of an ambulance by faceless paramedics as if he's being driven off to a psychiatric <laughs> hospital. Like. Yeah. Is, is that the Arrested, therefore... I would have thought. Well, yeah. Is that the third or fourth time he's abandoned his children in this film? <laughs> yeah, yeah. At least it ends on a happy note. <laughs> oh, dear. And roll credits. Yeah. Tell us what are your best bits. Oh, Tom, what's your best bit? Well, there's... Best bit is in terms of actual, you know, bravuro filmmaking is the stuff on the, the the roof. I think you do you do actually think he's there, the stuntman whoever it was if it wasn't him was there, and the swinging. It's all it all seems real and there's there's not much sort of back screen in it. I, I do believe that most of it is like practical stunts, but the serious answer would be anything to do with the kids. I just found very funny. <laughs> the, com- the conversations between the kids re- really lifted the film for me. <laughs> They gave you that comedic edge that the writer obviously intended, I think. <laughs> In the original draft, at least. <laughs> James, what about you, man? I mean, it's hard to look beyond the penguin mascot fight because it's so <laughs> iconic. But for me, one one bit that genuinely surprised me was uh, when Hallmark's outside messing everything up, as we find out he's sort of doing it on purpose, but I still think he's a bit of a screw-up. And the Zamboni driven by a corpse and filled with other dead undercover officers <laughs> comes out into the car park <laughs> and opens up, and it's just these dead, <laughs> these dead guys inside <laughs> with, with all this crushed ice. Like, genuinely never seen that in film before, so yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like a moment in a film that you've genuinely never seen before, and this film has quite a few of those. It does. <laughs> well, I ain't seen that before. It really pushes the envelope in that. It time. does, yeah. Uh, my favourite bit is very simply uh, Van Damme saying to his kid, <laughs> presumably covered in urine, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> so, you know, um, this is the best acting I've ever seen from the main man, JCVD. Um, he doesn't get enough credit, I think, for really bringing some vul- vulnerability to this action character especially, Darren McCord. Um, Darren. um... (laughs) How many French Canadians are called Darren, honestly? (laughs) (laughs) And his daughter only seems to know him by his full name. 
yeah. It just lists all his middle names as well. Oh, stop. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, I think he's, he's genuinely good here and showing a different side to the rough, tough action stars of the era. Um, but it's the way in this that um, the kid's like, I never moved, Dad, I never moved. And he grabs him and the music is soaring and he, he says to him, um, I'm sorry, but he says it in such a way that his voice cracks halfway through. I'm sorry. You know, mm. like, that is, he's going for it here. Mm. Our man is going for it. And that is my bit of the movie because that I had to rewind it to watch it twice. Incredible. Oh, my word. You know, not the mascot fight. Just when he says sorry, <laughs> yeah, the quavering yeah. voice. <laughs> um, yeah, right. FYR for your reconsideration, it is my pick, so I'll go last. James, would you like to go first? Yeah. So look, we're not talking Citizen Kane here. I mean, we're not even talking Hard Target. I don't think this is as good as Hard Target. But if you cannot or will not get on board with a film in which JCVD and a seven-foot penguin mascot partake in a fight to the death. <laughs> then I'm not sure we can be friends, to be perfectly honest. (laughs) (laughs) Sudden death takes a little while to get going, and there are some crazy logic leaps that you have to make uh, in order to fully enjoy the film. But once it does get going, it is stupefyingly entertaining piece of 90s action nonsense. And uh, I can't say anything other than I thoroughly enjoyed it and laughed out loud many, many times. Oh, both get it. intentionally and unintentionally. <laughs> oh, James, you made me so happy, mate. I think I think we're winning you over here. To I'm some so pleased with this answer, James. I'm not a JCVD sceptic. I'm not in on Sigal oh, no, so I much, but, no. but I'd, I'd like some Jean-Claude. I mean, I'd love Hard Target. <laughs> I think it's a genuinely brilliant film. Yeah. Absolutely love it, man. Uh, and Tom, what about yourself? Yeah, well, it is interesting because, like you say, none of us had really had a massive history with it. You're looking through it in a sort of 2020 lens isn't the way to do it. If you sort of look at it as a die-hard knockoff, but don't expect it to be as good as that, and don't expect it to be hard target, you, you'll be very, very pleased. I, I, I was, yeah, I was genuinely pretty, pretty, pretty uh, impressed with a lot of it, and it was one of those where. Yes, you could have replaced Van Damme with any sort of action hero of the time. The plot would have still been the same, whatever. But because it's Van Damme, he's underplaying it a little bit, which is <laughs> well, not <laughs> not that he uh, can play, you know, a massive range. To be honest, with <laughs> it. Um, yeah, I think I think the interaction between him and the kids was funny, but it, it just about worked. And I, I'd, I'd, I think it should be reconsidered, it, if only for. If you want a, a gorgeous, you know, Friday night action film that's pretty, pretty easy to understand, and the villain is—I've got to say, Paris Booth is a superb villain. He's <laughs> chewing the scenery, he's making odd comments and trying to be funny uh, throughout it. So, I, 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 yeah, I'd definitely reconsider it, and I'd recommend it as well. Oh, honestly, so so happy. It was a bit of a punt this one, you know. I knew I liked it, but you never know. Well, obviously, me liking something isn't really a precursor to quality. (laughs) (laughs) For me, for your reconsideration, are you joking? This film has absolutely everything. It's got a helicopter reversing into a stadium vertically. Um, (laughs) It's got (laughs) Zambonis full of bodies. It's got the main action star taking time out to to enjoy some pro sports. (laughs) 
mean, this is just <laughs> bonkers in absolutely every sense. Um, but this, I think, is actually Van Damme's most vulnerable role he's played. I quite liked him in the Rosanna Arquette movie uh, No Way Out for vulnerability, but he was still absolute nails in that. Um, whereas I don't think he's absolute nails here. He gets absolutely battered. It's just he uses his wits a bit more. And as a Van Damme aficionado... That is good. That yeah. is good. Um, above that, production values are ace. I thought it was really shot really, really well. And look at it. It's a great big race against time action movie in an ice hockey stadium that's going to blow up and it's full of people. Come on. What's not to enjoy? I mean, what more do you want, Absolutely. really? Yeah. Right. So, yes, I'm delighted you guys liked it. That is Sudden Death gets three. Um, no, let's include Mick. Four. <laughs> <laughs> FYR, you must, re- must reconsider it. Super dude, super. Gents, thank you so much. That was absolutely mega. Tom, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Yeah, thank Appreciate you, Tom. It. It's been my pleasure. I'm, like I say, I'm honoured. Uh, oh, a, a big a moment man. for me in my, my relationship with G- uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, we both look forward very much to joining you very soon on the Really 007 podcast. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having us on there as well. Looking forward to it. Cool. Uh, next episode is our big birthday. 50 episodes um so please tune in for james's pick which is james we've got to bring out some big guns here so we're going for the malign sequel to jurassic park and we're going to isla nublar for the lost world brilliant absolutely brilliant isn't it on isla sauna it might be i'm not sure i can't remember i never remember (laughs) is it the second and the third one or different it's site b isla sauna Right, we're going to Site B. Thanks, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> There's not much going on at Site A at the moment. It's all Jurassic World, is there? <laughs> well, yeah. Super duped, James. Very excited about that. Um, just to, you know, in the perspective there, Jurassic Park is one of my favourite franchises of all time. So extremely excited. And uh, I hope it works out well, because based on the fact that I can't remember the name of the island, I haven't seen it in a very long time. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm, you know, amazed it qualifies, but we'll see. Come back in in a couple of weeks. Um, yes, thank you so much, fellas. Thank you for listening, everybody. Please tune in next time. Give us beef and banter on Twitter at FYFFilmPod. Invade the emails at reconsiderpod at gmail.com. And please send us five stars on your subscription service of choice. Uh, say goodbye, fellas. Bye-bye. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. Oh, dear. I am going to re-watch that entire movie. <laughs>